0: I was so pro-conference forever, and and then I just got beaten down, like. <laughs> Welcome to the Thought Feeder Podcast. My name is Joel Goodman, and with me is the illustrious John Stephen Stansel. Coming to you from a couple of different places in the United States, still hunkered down at home, Still working tirelessly on various social media <laughs> and digital marketing projects. Today, JS and I want to talk about, about conferences. We want to talk about learning opportunities in, in the higher ed space, but I, I think you know in larger industries entirely. Yeah. And full disclosure, I am on the
1: conference committee for High Ed Web, so plug for that. But yeah, this year, conferences are going to look a lot different. They're going online. We're going to have more webinars and et cetera this year and kind of want to talk today a little bit about how we think this might be a boon to solve some of the the issues that that I've had with with conferences in the past that I think is kind of the, the, the weak point and that comes down to preaching to the choir. When I go speak at conferences, you know, as as much as I enjoy it, sometimes I feel like the entire audience is made up of people who just agree with me, other Uh social media managers, and I I love seeing all the other social media managers, and I love hearing other social media managers, because it it affirms, it gives you that feeling like, okay, other people have the same struggles, and everything that I'm doing, you know, other people are doing, I'm on the right track, but there's also a part of me that says... Man, I wish there was a a VP of advancement in the audience or or a director of admissions in the audience to to, to hear what all of these people have to say, you know, I'll be in a conference session hearing a social media manager at a university talk and think, man, this is amazing. I wish my boss were here. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of preaching to the choir happens at conferences. And, and I think things shifting to an online option gives us that opportunity to share some of this knowledge of people that may otherwise not be able to attend some of these conferences that, that, that we're at. And likewise, gives us the opportunity to, to hear from people that we don't normally get to hear from at the conferences that we get to go to.
0: Here's a question within that, though. Do you think that VPs are actually going to attend any of these? Because I think there's, I think there, this actually touches on a larger, a larger issue within, at least within higher ed, and I'm sure this happens in other industries. But they there's sort of like a like a caste system. It, it's it's a tier or a superiority split, and there are a lot of conferences like High ed Web where it's it's honestly not a lot of decision makers that go and like Hyatt web I've been I've been attending Hyatt web since 2008 I think 2008 Springfield Missouri was uh, was the first Hyde web conference that that I went to and I think over you know I have I've been on the attendee side I've been on the sponsor side Bravery's had a table there I've worked on the committee I've done web work and creative work for the conference and I think what a lot of what i've heard is 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 right on that line of what you said Jess, is that we just don't we don't get a lot of decision makers or a lot of leadership that attends that conference instead they're going to things like AMA symposium or they're going to conferences that are directed specifically at leadership and i think that's a that's a problem and i don't i don't know how we fix that and i don't necessarily know that the that going entirely online with our conferences is going to fix that
1: well to counter that
0: yeah i would argue that by
1: going online or offering online options, you know, last year Hyatt Web live streamed a few sessions for the first time yeah. ever. And I know that there are plans to, to do that at future conferences. We might not be able to get a VP to attend a full online conference, but we might be able to get them to sit down and watch a session or have it on in the background and listen to highlights. It's not ideal, but it is a sort of beachhead into that that mm. world but another thing to address too is yes vps have their own conferences there is a, a tiered level and there are uh, conferences outside of social media and web design yeah. that are going on and my concern on some of those is that there are people at those conferences who are presenting on the topics of social media and web design mm. that if we heard we would have our jaws drop to the floor <laughs> and say yeah oh, no that's the person you're listening to Because at an admissions conference, there is an admissions counselor talking about social media strategies that if their university social media manager was there, would say, oh my God, you're you're presenting the exact thing I told you not to do. Yeah. So one, how do we get leadership and break down silos and get those people to learn about what's being said at other conferences and vice versa? How do we get our own profession to present yeah. at some of these other conferences and get, get in front of them. So, so it, it's a kind of both getting leadership to our conferences and getting us to the leadership conferences to present.
0: Yeah. So two thoughts around that too. So in our, in our industry, again, probably other industries, but definitely within higher ed, there has always been a push from leaders. Like, like we'll take Liz Gross at Campus Sonar, for instance. I've seen her tweet about how she encourages her staff to submit talks to conferences all the time because it's a great way to share their knowledge and what they're doing and there's often a sentiment expressed from uh, usually people that are new to higher ed but even people that are just you know not they don't consider themselves public speakers or whatever that they they don't feel comfortable but they want to branch out and do that so i wonder if part of it is folks just not feeling confident enough to submit to these leadership, these these like higher level, you know, whatever, like, yeah, more leadership focused conferences. Or I, I actually I kind of think it might be that we're just not aware of them because, because they're not marketing at us and there aren't a lot of great lists. Like, I mean, I know when I've been researching conferences to submit talks to, I'll go to Campus Sonar's site and I'll look through the list of what they have and where they're speaking. It's like, wow, there's a ton of conferences that are in the higher ed space that just don't, they don't market themselves or we don't hear about them. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> so first, <laughs> let's talk about people not
1: submitting to conferences because of, of nervousness or it's another episode we bring up imposter syndrome, right? If you're listening to this, You have worthy things to share with the the greater professional community. Get out there, put yourself out there, do it. I've often said somewhere out there, there is a social media manager that's working at a community college that is doing incredible things that we don't know about because they're not presenting at conferences and we're not looking for them. So you've got to cheerlead yourself. You've got to get out there yourself. Two, budgets. comes down to the fact like I can go present at a conference, but... I got to pay to do it, and I've got to have the school pay to do it. And the school's only going to pay for me to attend it, maybe if I'm lucky, one conference a year. So if I'm going to attend a conference, it's going to be something like High Ed Web where I'm going to benefit and I'm going to learn from in addition to going to present at. There's no incentive for me to ask the school to pay for my one conference a year to go attend an admissions conference and speak there so i i think i would like to see conferences offer some sort of of like almost like exchange student program of like (laughs) a scholarship for you know a web person to attend an admissions conference and, and and vice versa i know i've seen i know case does like a division scholarship to bring somebody if, if it's case D3, to bring someone from D4 to that conference, which is good, but it's still just another case person, just another geographic location. I'd love to see like, oh, hey, we're going to bring somebody from outside the world of advancement and marketing to this conference to speak to us and also to learn from us. Mm. But again, it kind of comes down to like now that so many conferences are web based and some are changing their rates web is free this year. Like, hey, let's find ways to get some some folks that normally wouldn't attend to to attend. There there are ways ways for that to happen.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how web and other conferences going free and online plays out, like how good their engagement rates are considering that I don't know, I think there is some leverage when you have money in the game or skin in the game where you've had to pay something even if it's, you know, even if it's $25. I think about going to like a like a like a WordCamp, a, one of the WordPress uh, regional conferences, and they're always cheap, and they always have online versions of it. But even even WordCamp USA, they're they're big like overarching one for the for the whole country. It's fairly cheap to get a live stream attendance, but it gives some kind of importance. Like for me, I'm, I'm worried that all these different online conferences that are free, I'm not going to, so like, uh, so thinking like all the all day, all night conference that you're going to be, uh, speaking at JS, what is that next week? Then two weeks. Which is awesome. And y'all should go get a ticket. Cause it's a really cool, it's a really cool concept going, you know, 24 hours, basically in all time zones, people all over the globe yeah. speaking, giving their knowledge super cool idea. But along with that, like I, like I bought a ticket and I'm already like, uh, I don't know. It's going to be, it's, it's a lot of webinars and I'm already on webinar fatigue. Like most of us are, and it's just been a lot of this, but I paid money. So I'm gonna, I'm at least going to pay attention to what's going on. And I may have to like time shift cause I, I don't want to be up at, you know, 3am. Well, maybe I do 3am keynote.
1: <laughs> yeah. Webinar fatigue is real. And on top of that, when I was presenting at Case SMC online recently, which w- was fantastic, this is something that I needed to do, not the conference committee needed to do. But I jotted a note down for future conference. like, Write a very clear away message for your emails mm. that says, even though I am technically at my desk and able to respond to you, I am attending a conference right now. And I would like you to imagine yeah. that I am in a faraway land and unable to deal with a crisis or answer your urgent email to, to post something on social today. While I am here, I am not really here. Yeah. And the school paid for me to attend this conference and I need to focus on learning right now because that's what we're paying money to do. So that's another issue that I, I found with webinars now is that we have to be able to, to clearly say, Hey, look, we're, we're at a conference, even though I might
0: be in my office. I'm I'm not there. Yeah, paying for that helps. <laughs> no doubt. I, th- I think there's. I, I think I think money is important in all these things. I think even going back to the idea of how do we get more knowledgeable people to speak at other conferences or to attend other conferences. I think on the speaking side, there are so many conferences that don't offer stipends or any sort of honorarium for people that are speaking, and that makes it really difficult also to justify going out, you know, it's unless you're a keynote speaker, you're not going to get paid. And there, I mean, there are conference organizations like Confab that do an awesome job of recognizing that these people with knowledge are giving their time and years and years of learning and hours and hours and hours of preparation for it, as well as having to travel. And I I think that's, I wish, I wish more conferences paid attention to thanking their Speakers, people that, the people that make the conference happen, honestly. I mean, they're, they're people that run the thing. They're the people that do the programming and the people that handle, you know, renting out a space and, and getting the caterers on board. And they do a lot of work. But without speakers, you don't have anything. Like without people sharing their knowledge, you, you don't have anything. And it's, I think there's a little bit of a gap there with, with some conferences where they, I don't know, they, they leave their speakers feeling, especially when the speakers go on to speak at other conferences where they do get, some sort of payment or some sort of big thank you. Well, I mean, even
1: a discount of the conference fee.
0: Yeah, pay the whole conference fee. Goes a
1: long way. I mean...
0: And there was a conference I got accepted to last year that I had to pull out of because I was still going to have to pay for travel. I was still going to have to pay for hotel. And I only got half off the conference fee. And for me, I mean, honestly, I'm sometimes I'm a terrible conference attendee, but sometimes I'm just, I'm going to speak. I'm going, I'm going to network and to speak and to be there. And I, like, there, there should be some kind of compensation entirely. Like
1: I've had to turn down a lot of conferences because I get asked to speak and they'll say, oh, okay, I, I'd love to do this, but I still have to pay to go to the conference and pay all the travel. And it's like, I, right. I, I make a social media manager salary. I, yeah. I, I can't afford to do that out of pocket. And the school is not in the business of sending me around to go help other schools. So they're not going to pay for every, you know, more than one. So generally, I've made a conscious decision of this is the conference I'm going to go to this year. I'm going to speak and I'm going to attend and I need to benefit somehow from both. I need to be able to learn at that conference and I need to want to be able to present to people who will be receptive to what I have to say in yeah. some sort of way. Yeah.
0: I would say a word of advice to conference organizers. If you're going to ask someone specifically to speak at your conference, compensate them somehow like honestly i think there's there's also low you're going to get lower quality people filling in those knowledge gaps or it goes back to like an admissions counselor that happens to have a twitter and a facebook and you know started learning snapchat two months ago and whatever else speaking at an admissions conference but You know, you could have someone that's way smarter if you were willing to say, yeah, I mean, of course it's comped and we've got a hotel room for you out of our block or an extreme discount on it. And, you know, we'll pay for your travel, you know, like that sort of thing. But again, we complain about the cost of conferences sometimes.
1: And that's the sort of thing that adds to the cost of the conference. Like it builds and builds. Like I've been on several, you know, not just Tied Web, I've been on other conference committees and just looking at the cost of what it costs to rent out the conference area like you want wi-fi yeah that's another giant fee you want to feed people all right complain about the food of the conference but every single thing is going to add more in there to 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 that cost so you know i don't have a total solution to that because i've been on both ends of that i've been on like a conference selection committee where i've had to ask people like hey i need i need 10 people to present and we can't pay for you to you pay for your travel or anything else
0: i've i mean i've been on a i've been on a location selection committee like (laughs) you know like i like i've i've had to deal with okay well here are you know here are 25 bids that we've gotten from hotels and convention centers and whatever else which one a is going to allow us to do as much as possible and which one is still going to provide a really good experience to people that are attending. And I mean, in person is in person is expensive mm-hmm. uh, for anything, right? But I wonder if this shift to digital only that we're kind of forced to do, and I like I think I obviously think that when we have a, a good handle on the pandemic and there's a vaccine and you know we have ways to treat and 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 therapies for People that get sick with COVID nineteen and and it's not necessarily a pandemic anymore. Uh, we'll go back to in person stuff in some way and in some form. But I think I think there's an opportunity to get better speakers by charging a little bit of money because the overhead is so low. I I, I don't know. I've been re- researching a lot. I had because I I was actually thinking about like, huh, what if you did an uh, an online conference that was all like super intensive, like workshop oriented type of things instead of rehashing the thousand webinars that already exist online. Cause I, that's, I think that's one, that's one danger in doing a, a completely online conference is that you're, you're online. You can, <laughs> you can go to YouTube and, and search for anything or like, you know, like hit up SlideShare and find a deck and a link to a talk from five years ago that's saying the same things. And it's, you know, like cool, someone else is rehashing it and, and that's great too. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of content on the web when you're in person, it's like, the thing that's there is the thing that you're doing you know you're not you're not going to go sit in your hotel room after paying all that money and search around youtube for you know similar conference talks
1: right and and, and there's so much outside of the conference sessions that right is useful like you know meeting people and and, and talking to the, about your job over drinks or something like that you know is, is a major part of it and I, I don't really know that having a, a Zoom happy hour is the best analog to that. Yeah, and again, don't have a solution for that. Yeah, what 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 else what else can you do? But I do think as we get out of COVID nineteen, hopefully soon, we'll see conferences offer kind of a hybrid options to to facilitate some of these things where more more options for work. You can attend in person or have an online ticket or present online to get more people involved and and make it um, more financially accessible to more. Because it's important. If you, especially, you know, we kind of ragged on like advancement and housing and admissions conferences and those are important (laughs) for them too. But being in a a tech field that is constantly, constantly changing day by day, it is vital for us to be on top of our game and aware of the latest techniques and best practices and strategies and know what other people are doing because one, it changes constantly 2 we're often the only ones at our campuses that are the full-time person doing that. And I know I'm in charge of training other social media managers on our campus that run all the smaller accounts who are admin assistants and uh, admissions counselors that rely on my knowledge and training. So Keeping, keeping those people up to date in their professional development is, is a major part of, of making sure you've got employees that know what they're doing.
0: I'm somewhat of a conference skeptic these days because I've been going to conferences forever and ever and ever. And I've never personally felt I've gotten a ton out of it and that just might be arrogance or I don't know it might <laughs> it might be a problem that I have but I also think you touched on you touched on, well you made me think of something I think I think you're right it's entire it's it's important that in a tech field we stay up on our game that we know what the latest things are but I don't know that conferences give that I don't know that the program committees are ahead of their game or on t- or at the forefront of their game enough in general to select talks that are going to help you do that. Instead, you get a rehash of the same topics that happened the year before. Or you, I remember one year I went to a conference and there were out of, you know, out of, I don't know, 65 talks, the you know, in multiple tracks during, during the conference, there were 11 talks on embedding maps like it's a hand-in-hand thing you either need you need people that are at the top of their game submitting things but you also need program committees and program selection committees that know what the top of the game means for so many especially like a conference of multiple tracks like you know if you've got tracks in marketing and social media and leadership and technical and you know all this stuff you have to know all of that and you need to you need to be, you as a as a program selector have to be looking ahead to okay what's the topic for next year or not well and, and I think where they get caught is that their mode is what is going to allow us to fill a room because obviously that's part of it as well as what's going to allow us to get as many registrations as we can to fill our minimum and a lot of t- it's a lot of times it just gets watered down you don't end up with those. Advanced, forward-thinking topics, and and I don't know. There are a few conferences that I think tailor specifically to that, but it's not that common. I I've experienced in higher ed and in tech. It's it's just the same stuff.
1: It's interesting, Joel, because when I proposed this being the topic of of today's episode, I was all prepared to talk about all of the problems that that some problems I've seen in conferences, and and, and <laughs> uh, you know, one entitled this episode, preaching to the choir. Because I, I think that's my biggest problem in conferences is that we're just preaching to the choir. I think that's exactly it. But I am the opposite of a conference skeptic. <laughs> <I> am, <laughs> you, you've got got me. I'm about to argue with you on some awesome. of this because, like, first I owe where I am in my career today to to, to conferences. Like, sure, it was at a, a, a Hyatt Web Regional Conference in Little Rock. I remember Brent Passmore two days before sent me an invite to it, and I ran to my boss's office and said, "Can I go to this?" And she said, "Yes." And I remember. Going there where I was not a full-time social media manager at the time. I was the international communications coordinator or something, something convoluted like that. And I was thinking about doing social media full-time and going to that conference and going, oh, wow, hang on. That's actually where I started using Twitter. I had a Twitter account that I'd never used before. And this active back channel made me go, oh, maybe I needed to use this and maybe I need to change my username from something really sophomoric. Like I think it was liquid paper cut (laughs) to something professional like JS. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and start 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 using it to connect with other people in my field and and things like that. And eventually, you know, went to 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 a national conference and and started making connections with other people in the
0: field. You know, we didn't made at a conference, but it, yeah, I, we we met as a direct result of me. We met through conferences. It. And, so and I agree with you on that front. Like I think uh, similarly, my like my career would not be the same without that network. But it's the network, right? It's the people. For me, it hasn't, it really hasn't been, it hasn't been learning things at the conference from them. It's been having conversations outside. And and I mean, and Hyatt Web in particular, they, they emphasize how good the networking is because it is really good. And you and I do have great conversations outside. I generally do not have conversations that are related to any of the talks that I saw during the day or any of the talks that are going on. I generally have conversations with people that, that I've connected with. I, I mean, I actively started using Twitter because of the 2008 conference, you know, I think there's a lot of overlap there and and I would agree that it's greatly affected it, but it has, for me, it's been, it's been the networking, it's been the relationship building. It hasn't been the knowledge sharing or at least the formal knowledge sharing.
1: Well, you've never come to one of my conference sessions, so. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if we can change that. But it, it, back, back to that, there, it does come down to, you, you know, there are sessions that you attend that can be useful. Some that I, I, I've seen some where I've gone, man, that's a great idea, but it's never going to work at our university, but it's still valuable. And I still walk away with a greater knowledge of that. I I, I was thinking specifically of, um, Andrew Castle did one at Hyatt Web a couple years. I got the years are sort of melding together, but about, about how he was using Twitch at his university. And I'm like, this is amazing. But yeah. I don't have time and two this will never work but i'm glad i am aware of it so if my vp says what do you think about twitch i have an answer for that and there's value in that of going this is cool but we can't do it sure and i know why we can't do it but there's also value in you know you do need kind of a diverse bit of level so everybody who gets it but like one thing specifically i think about all you know every year there's a good conference session at a conference about accessibility and it's something that's really basic but People keep needing to hear the basics on certain issues of like, there's gonna be a new attendee that has no idea what alt text is and is gonna have an awakening at the conference. So there, there's value there. But yeah, there, yeah, there have been times where I've said, man, I, 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 need, I need the advanced level of this, the power user version of, of this conference session or something like that. So that said, to all of our friends at you know, on conference committees and organized conferences, it's hard work in the, in the, they're, they're volunteers, but the, you know, they're always trying to improve and, and filled out those conference evals. Like they listen to them. Like it, it makes the changes for next year. And you know, a lot of people do ignore them, but that's how you get a better conference is reading those conference evals. Yeah.
0: I think there's, I think there's also probably just a, a leveling out of the audience for different conferences too. So even with the conference evaluations, like, I mean, for me, I don't know. I, I have a, I, I always fill them out. I have a hard time. I don't know. In the moment, I don't have a hard time. I, but I'm judging the person based on, did they, you know, the questions are like, did they speak well? Did they feel like they're prepared on a scale of one to ten? How is this applicable to your work? And I'm always like, mm-hmm. give people good marks if they, you know, if they didn't completely bomb it. But for me, it's like, you know, I come, I come from a communication background. Like, public speaking is something that I was critiqued on in college and something that I've done for a long time. So I'm thinking of it more from, you know, more in that vein. And then the content itself, it's generally like, I don't know, I I feel bad being like, no, this content is not relevant because maybe it's not relevant for me, but I don't necessarily feel like most of it is. but...
1: (laughs) But, but again, it goes back to the preaching of the choir. Sometimes we need to hear things that are not relevant to our daily, daily jobs because it's relevant to our university or it's relevant to someone that we're working with so we need to attend i I, here's an area i again i'm on the conference committee i'm going to cheerlead i had web full disclosure but where i think they do a really good job of is encouraging people to attend those areas outside side and they've they've mixed up kind of their their track sessions so yeah you know there's more web-related stuff and what might be seen as a social media track and kind of encouraging people to go to one or two sessions outside the area, and that has been immensely valuable to me. Of like, maybe I'm not a web designer, but I've learned more about the struggles, and 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 I and I work better with the web designers at my school yeah, or web design yeah. <laughs> at my school because I I've been to one or two of those sessions and I realize I've learned more, but I've also learned like, man, there's so much I don't know about this and i need to listen to that expert at my school because i might think i know yeah. a little bit but i'm scratching the surface yeah so that's good too you know so let, let, let's kind of convert i i, I was planning on, on splitting this this episode into two section of preaching to the choir and practicing what we preach but <laughs> i'm going to throw that a little bit <laughs> out the window but i want to kind of come back to it so for how do we practice what we preach as far as the way we treat the conferences we attend and, 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 and branching out a little bit more. So one thing I, I think we, we can do a better job of is following people outside our particular areas and participating in online discussions like uh, like enrollment management chat, hashtag EM chat. I creep on that every week. I don't participate <laughs> that much because one, I'm trying to put my kid to bed when it, when it happens. It, it's, I think it's like Thursday nights at around eight-ish our time. Central and I'll, I'll see the the questions popping up. I'm like, man, I want Winston, Winston go to sleep. Go to sleep. <laughs> so I can't but I, I always check in on that and kind of see what the enrollment management folks are talking about. Listening to podcasts outside our area. Share this podcast with people
0: outside your area. Specifically the last episode with Ella Dawson, send that to your bosses. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Share that with share that with everybody.
1: and, and then when you go to the, those conferences, make an effort to attend at least one session outside of your area if, if you're going to be there. If you if you're at you know I, I, the ones that I frequent, you know generally have something to do about web development or advancement, which is not my forte and what I do on a daily basis. But I want to be able to work with those people a little bit better. And then from from a digital perspective, maybe maybe I need to share on LinkedIn a little bit more. Like, <laughs> I,
0: It's surprising how active
1: people are on LinkedIn, you know, like my Twitter account like I love it It makes me it makes me feel so good every day to see like other social media managers chiming in like oh, yes We agree. We have that problem, too And that validates like okay. Yeah, I'm not alone But I also want university presidents and VPs to read
0: some of the rants that I have so
1: maybe I need to do that on LinkedIn
0: I mean I rediscovered LinkedIn what 6 months ago or 8 months ago or something I started being a little bit more active there and it's I mean there's a there's a lot going on and a lot of it is a lot of it is salesy marketing self help Fluffy, you know, whatever. So you, if you've got real content, like it it needs it, it needs well, your, maybe, needs your maybe real we need thoughts. Maybe need to bring on a
1: guest to like evangelize LinkedIn to me a little bit because I use it professionally for, for my job as a social media manager for the a voice of the university, but i never get excited. Like in the morning, I'm like, oh, let's see what my Twitter notifications are today. Like LinkedIn, I'm like, ah, oh, I guess I better check LinkedIn see what's going on.
0: And it's always like this person shared something you might be interested in. doesn't tell me what it is. I don't know why they think I'm interested in some person and what some person is sharing. You know, it's sometimes not even someone I follow or am connected with. And that's a whole other episode. One other thing that that I've been thinking about is also my problem with submitting to conferences is that oftentimes I just don't feel like I have a solid idea for a talk. And the way that I've kind of gotten around that has been by blogging more, honestly, throwing it old school. And I mean, blogs are back. Did you guys know? Like, I know podcasts came back. Now it's blogging's turn but i've been you know I've been trying to blog a lot more and write a lot more and just being able to distill one it gets your name out there but also the bigger following that you have i mean there are, there are conferences like uh PSE web in canada that do their entire program selection via vote from the people that are coming to the conference which i think is uh there are good and bad things about it in my mind i'm not going to dive into that but i think like you know finding ways to to write more about the stuff that you do in in long form even or at least medium form i mean you do that j s so it's a lot of your a lot of your rants end up as as consolidated blog posts on
1: on j s dot com with tons of typos like
0: yeah yeah well,
1: okay, so to wrap it up, if you're presenting at conferences if you're going to conferences, that's fantastic you know be be a part of your professional community, but also make an effort to try in Learn more from others outside your area. So like we said, go, try to go to at least one or two sessions outside of what you do. And try to reach out to others in in your area and, and, and share that information with them, you know? Don't be afraid to, to send your higher up, say, hey, here's a link to a conference session video that I saw that I think you'll find valuable. Because really, right now, that might be the only way we share some of this information with them. And they, they need to hear it, and they should be open and receptive to it as well.
0: Definitely. Thanks as always for listening to the Thought Feeder podcast. I'm Joel Goodman. John Steven Stansel with me as always. We appreciate your listening. And if you like the show, we would really appreciate a review or a rating from you or both. You can do that on uh, anywhere. Apple Podcasts for sure. Go to our site. we got links to everything, thoughtfeederpod.com. Please follow us on Twitter at ThoughtFeedPod. ThoughtFeeder is sponsored by University Insight.